Excited to have him here, uh, Pandit Mommy. Okay, perfect. Uh, he's uh, he's just uh, uh, arrived in Milwaukee for city year, um, and uh, he's he's doing like was it like grad school work? Yeah, community fellowship. Great. Um, well, I'm excited. I met him uh, back when um, through when we were uh, at Hillel Milwaukee over there when he was teaching Krav Maga. So Pandit, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ben. It's a pleasure. Good. Um, so happy to finally be here. I've been planning to meet right. him. Yeah. Like He's coming here the last like, month. Yeah. 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 I think this it just works perfect. Yeah. How do you like Milwaukee so far? Ah, it's it's been great. Um, the weather has been very nice, I guess, and I am not sure what it would be like in the next couple of months. Oh, you're not you're not gonna like it. Where'd you live before this? Well, I've, I have had some experience with the snow in Maine. Um, I was also in Michigan, so. Oh, sure. But uh, I was home this past nine months, uh, 11 months, oh, Sierra okay. Leone. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't think I'm really prepared to get back yeah. into the snowy weather, but hey. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's less than desirable. It's actually what makes a lot of people leave here. It'll probably around November time, you're gonna wish it, you were somewhere warmer. But uh, but it's okay though, because we've got a lot of really fa uh, phenomenal things going on here in Milwaukee. Um, have you done much uh, to like go out and experience the city yet? Yeah, I went to, I've been to Brady Street, uh, I've been to Colectivo, oh, yeah. Lakeview. What else? I went on a hike a few uh, week back. Cool. And, um, yeah, it's I have been exploring, and it's really the city is really easy to explore. It's it walkable, so like you can walk around. Yeah, yeah, it's, which is not really that common in most places. Right. Yeah, That's it takes cool. like 10, 15 minutes to get yes. to downtown from here. Yeah, which is nice. Um, yeah, like I used to work at the Marquette Starbucks actually. Oh wow. Yeah. That's wow. Yeah, for an hour, or yeah, excuse me, for a year and a half. And um, so I was taking the, the bus from the east side, a uh, half hour away, uh, pretty much like a uh, couple times a week. So, I mean, it is very accessible. Um, it's not like a city like Chicago or New York oh, no, where Detroit. it's rich, yeah, <laughs> yes. where everyone is like in such a hurry and like you're, you know, you can get lost really easily. But the Colectivo by the lake is like very beautiful, very aesthetic. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah. Oh my god. Brady Street is a is a uh, is a favorite of uh, people in their twenties. Uh -huh. um, yeah, but Brady's got some good restaurants. Yeah, uh, they have a really nice. Um, like they have a lot of bars, but like really nice coffee shops too. Yeah, Rochambeau, yeah. that's a good Rochambeau. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rochambeau, it's Rochambeau so- Rochambeau is the place to be. Oh, it's adorable. I love that place. Yeah, totally. I think I have to go there again soon. Yeah. She just reminded me. Yes, okay. yeah. Thank you so much, man. You're welcome. And it, that's what I'm here for. Um, I can give you a whole uh, list of recommendations of uh, great spots to be out. Uh, definitely explore River West, where River we're in West, right now. It's um, it's uh, a very like artsy neighborhood. People love music here. I mean, a lot of people are kind of low income here, so there's a lot of really like afford like cheap like affordable restaurants and bars here. So, 
Um, this is where I spend most of my time. I don't really, I don't really go out to Marquette too much uh, these days, but um, I mean, you've got like uh, you're really close to like downtown. So yes, I um, and also the bus is really reliable and accessible too. Mm. Like you know, I feel like the public transport here is just um, it's a bit structured in a way, um, and then you don't have to really like, if you know where you want to go. You can use it. I mean, I can use Uber rides also, but I, I know I can. Yeah. And also, I, yeah. I do most of my time at, uh, like, you know, if I'm not at Marquette, I'm at City or so I just, it's down the road. Right, yeah. yeah. I do miss Boss, because, yeah, yeah I, I went to a Brewers game the other day at the at Miller Park, and uh, I bought a lift both ways, and oh. each way was 16 bucks. Oh, my God. It was, I was like, fuck, I just... Bucks. It, yeah, like thirty bucks out the window just to get somewhere, you know? Like damn. Yeah, no transportation problems. Oh, Very, yeah. It kind of really shape your life because the the more access you have to places, the more you want to go there. And um, like when the transportation cost is high, you're gonna really want to just think of other options, which could be good too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, so. Tell me about the work you're doing with uh, City Year now. Well, I it's part of my Trinity Fellowship. Um, what the Trinity Fellowship is is they recruit, um, they sponsor people to do their master's program and also uh, to be, they place them in different uh, organizations. Mm -hmm. These organizations will apply to City uh, Year, uh, sure. to Trinity Fellowship, and then they will be selected. The fellows will be placed in one of each of these organizations um, to have like a, like an invaluable working experience. Um, right now, I am the core, the peace, the AmeriCorps members development coordinator. So pretty much, I am an, under the service team. My goal is really to give them, help them to have a great experience during the year, mm -hmm. and uh, to also help them to have all the resources that they need to better serve the. Um, communities that they are in, uh, the different schools and everything. Sure. Cool. I know that like you've bounced around a lot like um, like in your in, so um, yeah like uh, you're also doing something it's called Nagoya like what is that exactly? Well, in Goya, uh, in Goya um, it's um, it's um, an organization that I started three years ago in my own community in Freetown Sierra Leone. Um, the goal of the organization is to promote education and to give kids in um, experience in poverty, mm -hmm. um, this community is raped with crime, prostitution and violence, gun violence and most of the kids will not make it out of high school. Mm -hmm. So uh, three years ago when I was home I, I met with some of the kids who were out of school and kind of, kind of listened to their stories and what they want and like, asked them like what do you, what I can, can I do to mm -hmm. help uh, I told them I don't have the money, but I have people around who might be willing to support them. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of them like, we, we want to go back to school and we want to continue education. And I was like, well, if you're really ready, we'll make this happen. And so that's how it started. And over the years, I started thinking of like ways and means to not only sponsor them, also to give them a sense of belonging in the community. So one of the things we do is a, as a, as a like, plethora of programs we have, and one of those programs is like the mentorship program. Sure. So in just not not just paying for them, but having people 
that we'll be talking to them, getting to know them more, and you know, like hear their stories, but also motivate them, young people. So I was there last year. I left my job, um, I resigned like almost a year ago, and then I went home. I was there volunteering with them and just be there for the first time to get to know them, their stories, and understand mm -hmm. who they are. Yeah. Um, and we did a lot of programs. Uh, it was really a transformative experience for me, and I believe that um, as Gandhi put it, we find ourselves in the service of others. The more you serve um, and the more you get to know who you, who you are. And I came back and realized like, wow, I have learned so much. And to them it was like, oh my God, he's coming here to give and be with us. But for me it was more like, I have this experience with like this amazing, talented group of young people who are gonna be, go back, who someday will become the leaders of the community. Sure, that's beautiful. Um, that's really commendable humanitarian work that you're doing there. Um, so, um, so, and this is your hometown, so... This is my own community, yes. Sure. I grew up there. Sure. Um, so, when did you first uh, um, come, for, immigrate from Sierra Leone to the States? And, like, I guess, like, how... Um, for, for I guess for one, did you come straight to the states from Sierra Leone? Uh, not really. So I was uh, I'm, I come from a low privileged background, um, and at that time I was in the community, and um, there was this scholarship that was for like high school students, and it's called the United World College Scholarship. United World College, you know, takes students from all cultures, and they believe in the power of of, of, of you know, cross-cultural learning to sure. create peace and stability in the world. So at the time, I, you know, I was one of the people that was fortunate to get the scholarship in Sierra Leone, and I went to Singapore. So I was in Singapore for two years at United World College of Southeast Asia, and it was from there that I applied to school in the states. I see. Okay, and then you went to Colby College. I went to Colby College, and I did a, a semester abroad in Israel. Um, and yeah, so it's been a lot of traveling, but meeting a lot of different people, and um, finding also myself in the sure. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I imagine it gets like it's being somebody who's like moved around so much and has adapted to so many different cultures and and climates. Uh, yeah, climates. Climates. <laughs> yeah. I imagine like it's, you find yourself getting challenged with the attach, getting attached to like a place for like, um, it, like if you're only there for a certain amount of time, I guess. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest fears actually when you think, and I think about it. Yeah. Um, it's like you are at this place, but I think it also works to your favor, uh, your advantage. Because then you'll be like, okay, what can I do to make it the best of my experience? Yeah. What can I, what, what can I explore? You know, you get to know the place even much better. And um, I think like I start to learn the stories. I, I always think of what will I take away from a place, and I believe that whenever we visit a place or spend our time there, our lives, we also leave a part of us there, and, and we take a part of the place with us. Yeah. And and I think as you go, you become this hodgepodge of like many, many, very many places that we have been to. And they kind of like become a, a critical part of our identities. So you go to, you know, like spending time in Maine or work. And they also become this ways to connect with a lot of people. But it's more like you are everywhere at the same time, yet nowhere. Yeah. And that's like the, that limbo that you will find yourself in. 
I think the biggest struggle is to how to define the concept of home. And I was just thinking that, yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, and it's really hard because I left Sierra Leone in 2008 and um, whenever I go, it's more like people ask me, when are you coming back? When are you returning? It's not mm -hmm. like they are seeing me as a visitor. I'm going there to visit and I'm going to live in. And here, it's not my place. This is not my home either. Um, no. And so it's like that, like, you know, who are you? It's a concept uh, that you always think about where you are. Um, I have learned to just make the best of the experience and to leave the year now. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best I could come up with. Um, you can't really do much about it because right. you are, yeah, you don't have so much. And most of it is uncertainty too. Like you really mm -hmm. don't know what will happen next. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I, th I think that I, home is very subjective to that person, you know, like, because uh, I mean, we like to think of home as like this physical place, but it really home is more of just a feeling mm. of connectedness with your surroundings. Exactly. Yeah. And like home could be many different places at once. It could be just one place that you've grown up in and spent your whole life in. And like, that's just like the only home that you really know. But, um, but like, like you said, like, I mean, it it teaches you like when you when you move around so much or you travel so much as someone like of your caliber does like you uh, kind of it makes home much more of an adaptable thing yeah whereas like a lot of people when they think home they think oh of this like one place this like this base you have of sorts it can't like it can be several places. I mean, Sierra Leone, for example, is like, you know, where you were born and where like your origins are. And it clearly still has a really profound space in your heart, but home, you know, can also be here in Milwaukee you know, or it can be wherever you've lived. But it's just, I think home is more of just a, it's a matter of, yeah, just how you feel, uh, one with your community and your environment and where you feel like yourself belongs? I guess I think you're right. I, in that sense of like, like you make home, right? That's yeah. like, you know, home doesn't make you, I mean, in a way it's like you're there and you're like, okay, well, how can I make this place home? Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that will help, I guess, has helped me in the past it's to create a community, uh, a bunch of people, a group of people um, that I, you know, create a routine, create, you know, also just try to be there, be experiencing every single time along the way, you know. Yeah. You know, I think when you do, when I started, you know, I've done that in the past and um, I'm hoping the recipe is going to work for me here too. Um, and yeah, I think Milwaukee is home right now. Good, good. Yeah, I'm not in my, that's literally my, yeah. like, I have to do it. I have to, yeah. you know, kind of put my mind and say, okay, this is where I'm going to be at least for the next two years. And then, mm -hmm. you know, eventually, but I think just preparing yourself mentally to be here, preparing yourself means also thinking about the weather. We're talking about it just now, right, yeah. like everything. We also love uh, we love beer and cheese. Yes, uh, love cheese probably more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and the Packers. Oh, uh, they're right, the Packers. Yeah, I mean, I'm from the Chicago area, oh, so, like, so you kind of, I don't talk yeah, about football up here. Area, that's good. Right, yeah, but 
Um, but people are very friendly and polite here. People generally like just love because I feel like I feel like because people love beer so much here. <laughs> everyone is in a very like social and like welcoming climate. So like it's it is pretty easy to like make friends here. Like generally people are all just about having a good time and partying yeah. and stuff. That's why Brady Street is fun. Uh, Brady Street is fun. Um, you you know it's just like uh, like just a lot of people just been so happy. Oh yeah. <laughs> just yeah. doing their thing. Um, and also at Maquette it's fun uh, to like uh, because it's a fellowship we have a cohort of yeah. a bunch of people. You know, um, in fact my one of my uh, my the fellows actually dropped me off just now. Oh great. So it's like we have a strong sense of community and good and stuff, which is great. Good. But also like just going out and um, I think there are a lot of things to explore in Milwaukee also. When I was at Colby College, we're, it's a great institution, but also like isolated. Where is Colby? Colby's in Maine. Oh, sure. And okay, that makes sense. It's really far, so yeah. from like the, you don't, like you, there, you will not have so much access to sure. like downtown streets or yeah. like a lot of coffee shops around. You can, they are there in downtown Waterville, but it's right. not like place you can just easily yeah. that's like my mom's number one vacation destination right now is Maine yeah she she like really wants to go to Maine I don't know why but like most people do it though it's beautiful I mean I've heard in it's the beautiful. summer in the winter yeah. actually the end of the summer actually so like right around now like yes, would be a yes. good time to go, go yeah. mom go to Maine um, <laughs> but um yeah so how so you said you left Sierra Leone in 2008. Yeah. How old were you? I was living home around, like, you know, I was like in my like, 18, 19. Okay. So you came from uh, a community, uh, you said that, like, you you came from a low privilege background. So do you feel like, how do you feel like that sort of, like, um, defined your experience of, like, like, your understanding of, like, dealing with love and fear um, in your in like your passions and like why you do what you do? Well, um, I think coming from also that background gives you a, like, I mean, there are many ways you can go about it. But for me, I think some, uh, some people is different. Um, for me, it was more like thinking of ways to come get out of it, I guess. What can I do within my own power? I mean, of course, the powers are limited, unlimited at that moment. The very limited powers you have as a kid of what you can do um, yeah. to make things better for you. Uh, so for me, at that point, my, my dad has passed away. Um, and I was, you know, my brothers were helping me out with my tuition. And the, the school was also very helpful in Sierra Leone to help me to kind of move up. Um, so for me, the only thing I think I had control over was my academics. Was just try, you know, study hard and try to do well in class and stuff. Because I knew that was the only way I could get sponsors or someone to help. Right. Yeah. So it was more. I think that was my own. And the fear for me was. It was really no tangible plan. You know, and most people go to college or schools and they have like I remember like, if you talk to people. You know, they know they're gonna be. This is gonna be paid for and everything at yeah, the time. You know, right. but for me, yes, you know, it was more like I had no idea. Mm -hmm. It could just be that would be the last, my last level of education. Or that, you know, I don't really know. 
yeah. I don't know what was going to happen. I yeah. It could be any time. That uncertainty you were yeah, talking about exactly. before, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I. I mean, it's. I mean, it's different um, for you because I mean you're obviously going home to a completely different country. But like, I always feel like when I go home back in Chicago, I mean, it's. It is sort. It is like a really like surreal experience. Um, like coming home and uh, like feeling myself like sort of like. I mean, there's like that nostalgic feeling you get, but there's also that like feeling of like, well, everything that like, you know, everything that I felt like I wanted to get away from or that I wanted to, you know, um, leave like in the past or like leave back here, it, you kind of feel, I kind of feel myself like coming, like re-confronted with that whenever I come home? Like, do you feel some of that sometimes, like, when you go back? Oh, when I go home, um, I think because it's been, uh, like, I've been visiting over the years, and my family's there, everybody's there, so it's it's a different feeling in sense of, like, it's a feeling of, like, I think gratitude, I guess. Yeah, um, right. Like, whenever I go, I was like, wow, like, this is where it started, you know. Yeah. And literally having so much appreciation for the opportunity that I had mm -hmm. because I could have been, you know, you go around and you walk and you see other people you used to play around with, your friends and other people you know, and you see their lives and stuff. And some have done really good things, and then some, of course, I like have not been so fortunate. So you're looking, you're like, wow, like this is where it all began. And, um, and I'm here now, like coming back. Um, and the next question always is more like, what can I do? How can I help others to reach yeah, that level? Right. How can I inspire others to find meaning? Because when you, when people are in a place of, like you know, like the, like a low privilege background or suffering from some people, like because the levels are different, also like. I was, I am from a low privileged background, but there are people that were even worse yeah. than me. Like they right. had it even worse than mm -hmm. me at that moment. Like they are going through tough times. Like there are kids who have to go to the street and sell food to get transport, lunch and everything. I did not do that. I was fortunate not to do that. Like there are people even more who, kids who don't even have a place to stay. Um, mm -hmm. So. You see all those different people from very different backgrounds, and and you are and you see those kids who are taking care of their siblings because the parents are not at home. They de facto become like parents, mm -hmm. and you've seen all those different you know, or people go to the street and sell food all day, all night, and the margin of that, the marginal profit that they make out of it is not even that much. Um, you see all of these things, and you're like. What can I do for me? Was to, and it's always been in my passion to uh, impact the lives of young people and mm -hmm. um, give them access to opportunities and um, let them believe in themselves because I believe like they have everything in them to maximize the potential. They have all the resources. It's like you're not fixing them. They already have everything. Right. Yeah. You're just making them realize what yeah, they have. I yeah. think that's the 
my role really this past few months of years with the foundation. Um, it's all based on crowdsource funding and most of the people giving the money are my friends really. Uh, we really didn't have a grants coming in or anything. It's more, you know, when I was in the state, I used to, I would take care of the operational cost of it and everything and then other people and I have other kids in the program that I sponsor personally. So it was more like a community effort like, mm -hmm. to help. Uh, most of the people are volunteering. We have people in the community that go help with like teaching them for the public exams. So it was more, a lot of things going on. Yeah. yeah. That, like that definitely like is, I mean, that's powerful. Like how um, you like coming, like you coming here and, you know, finding so much within yourself, um, like that, like self-actualization sort of thing. Um, and uh, being able to give that back to like your community and like wanting to really truly help give, um, you know, kids that same opportunity um, that, you know, you felt like that you had or just allowing them to feel empowered. I mean, that's like, that's wonderful. I, I think that um, like in my own experience, like, I mean, obviously like we come from completely different backgrounds. Um, like, I think that I've been able to do like the best, the most gratifying work like for the world or like do like give the best love and compassion and uh, beauty to the rest of the world around me when I felt like I like I like I'm a pretty happy person now but like um years ago, like three years ago, I was in a horrible mental health rut and I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, but once I like kind of got help and like learned to start taking care of myself better and like addressed like the toxicity in my life, like it allowed me to be able to like want to really help others that dealt with the same thing. Cause I don't want, I don't want people to feel like they're alone or I don't want to make, I don't want people to feel like they are, you know, that, they're like helpless uh, in the face of adversity. You know, I want other people that are dealing with like what I went through. Um, I want them to feel like they're not alone and that they do have like that opportunity to like, you know, make a life for themselves and, and find that power within them, like what you said. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I do like definitely believe like, once you have that privilege, it's like, you know, the, the, you know, like it's, it's up to you to use it to help other people. Yeah, I, I, uh, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, and I think that I'm very, very so proud of you, uh, because I think most people don't really think about the gravity and, and the strength it takes to deal with mental illness. Uh, my, one of my sisters suffers from it. She's really cool going through a tough time and I was home with her this past few um, months when I was home and and you know like being there with her knowing you can't do much is the one one of the hardest things ever mm -hmm. because you're watching this person that you really love and care for um, but you really can't do much about it uh, and you see so like having gone through that experience yourself and coming out of it, it's, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this is, 
it's, it's you can we can compare that that's really that takes a much 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 strength and inner peace and strength and realization and I like it's a lot of things in mm -hmm. one package and, and I'm really proud that you're using um, your experience to impact the lives of other people and thank to you. share the positivities of the world. Um, well, mean, you too. Thank yeah. you. Well, I'm proud of you too. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's mutual here. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Right. Um, well, um, I, I think that a lot of it comes from that that fear uh, from the avenue of like empathy for others where it's like you you we act out of love and fear like that's like you know those are the driving forces behind everything we do and yeah. think and believe and everything so like I think that part of it is us it's acting out of like it's us acting out of both love and fear at the same time when we are like trying to impact others in that way because it's love because, you know, we care about other people and you care about what happens to somebody else based on your own experience with something. And um, it's the fear from the scope of, like, I don't want someone to have to go through, like, you know, a, a trauma or, a, or loneliness or um, otherwise just um, hopelessness of, in, in the face of something, like... You know, because, like, that is a scary feeling. You know, it's... Uh, the, the, the best thing that we can do is to... Uh, is empowerment uh, of, towards our communities. Yes. So, uh, how did your semester in Israel impact you? Well, um, it, in very many ways. Uh, I have always wanted to go and be there. And um, I've read a lot. My dad was really big um, on Israel in terms of cultural and innovative enterprise mm -hmm. and, and the you know in the creation in the hidden state of the, the state of Israel when it was formed during the time of the you know like the priesthood apparatus you know the kibbutz and the mukshavs and everything yeah. they wanted to know more and he was reading about them the agricultural enterprise and everything and um, how we could import those ideas in Africa and stuff so it was during those times um, I get to really hear a lot about Israel from him, and he talked a lot about it a little bit, like I know, and also of course, the, as Christians, we talk about Israel and the Jews in the Bible a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was more those two worlds um, that I've never really, I've never been there before, and I was, you know, I was at Colby, and we had a study abroad program. They're like, oh, you can go study abroad, and I was like, oh wow, if I can go study abroad, maybe this might be my opportunity. Yeah, and, right. You know, yeah. Yeah. And I was also a Jewish studies minor. Um, I've always wanted to just learn about the Jewish culture. I think it's the greatest, one of the great, like the oldest civilizations. So learn about it. Really, the Moses and the laws of Moses have really impacted civilizations yeah. in many ways. The laws, the the constitutions, and different things like sure. government. It's all is impacted by the laws of Moses. And so I always wanted to just be and go there and kind of experience it. And um, the opportunity presented itself uh, in 2013. I did my spring semester in Israel, and it was an experience that I will never forget. Uh, I got a great time at the University of Haifa. I get to build strong community. I live with, uh, you know, like uh, spend time with many Arab Israelis and uh, the Druze community. Mm. 
spend the tourist food, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I remember uh, yeah. my last time there, which was two and a half years ago, uh, we like had a, we spent a, on my trip, we spent a, like a night in a Drew's restaurant and the food is oh, incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I miss those food. Yeah. But like just going there and see coexistence in terms of religion, um, fate, you know, just like uh, different people express, expressing their religious uh, practices in very many ways and being mm -hmm. accepted within the community. Um, and also like the multilingual facets of the country, a lot of people speak a lot of different languages. Oh, yeah. um, and, and the idea of modernity, but also ancient at the same time. Like at the same time, Israel is a developed country. But then you have all this like little um, artifact of history of like different civilizations in just mm -hmm. one place. Um, yeah, so it was it really uh, uh, just an eye opener for me because I started looking at Israel, seeing like limited amount of resources and how it has really survived to, to make the impossible happen in terms of creating, you know, like uh, like the desert in the, in like the Negev and mm -hmm. you know um, like trying to make sure you use what like make nature work for you mm -hmm. you know like creating a, an agricultural enterprise in like the middle of the desert like I mean you yeah. know and building a lot of developmental things and you know growing a lot of like becoming an import exporter of like some agricultural produce that you know expect a desert nation to do that. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think it was more inspiring for me, and I think transform my the impact it has on me is more one of inspiration. And to see that I look back home and say, oh, we have a lot of resources, we could do better, you know, mm -hmm. like that, that that type of thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I to date, Israel is the only place I've been uh, abroad. I've been three times. I, I need to see. I need to go to a different part of the world. I need to see a different country. But Israel, by all means, has been a very impactful place for myself too. And like, like Israel is a really complicated place, and it's a place I feel like you don't really like truly understand until you go there and like experience the people and you know the just the history behind it and understanding like you know like the like what's going on on the ground there versus what like what you see in the media like it is definitely important to do that but also like um i encourage people to go there just to learn about i mean i get it's it's a great it's somewhere you go to also just learn a lot about yourself and your relation to the world because like i mean it's such a like it's a very like powerful place to be, but it's only the size of New Jersey, you know? Yeah, it's a small country. Right, it's like, it's easy to become connected with a lot of different people there. And it's also like, because of the presence of so many different religions, like, you know, um, the Abrahamic religions, like obviously Judaism, but also Christianity, but also Islam, like, um, you know, I think that Israel is a place where you can really learn about any, like, so many different faiths yes. and the sacredness of, like, said faith in, like, the context of, 
like the history of the world, the history of whole civilizations, the foundations of the earth, like, you know, like a night by yourself at the, at the Western wall. Well, yeah. I, I miss that. I want to go, I do want to go back. Yeah, um, it's a good, it's always something that you think about, right? Yeah. Like the Baha'i garden, the Baha'i fate. Um, and you know, just, just walk like, I remember my old first time there, our first weekend we walked from like University of Haifa, we went all the way uh -huh. to Offa Kamel, which is like the beach. Like, oh know, wow, yeah. It was a long walk and, yeah. and all of us, it was the, I've been there the first time and just exploring and like going that far and like look back like wow, this is so nice to watch, beautiful mm -hmm. um, scenery. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, so you meet a lot of people, like a lot, a lot of people. Right. You're going to see some, you're going to see one of your Jewish friends that you know through Jewish geography on another trip that you're going to, that are, happen to be in the same place, like in Jerusalem, yeah, as you at the same time. You're right, yeah. yeah. I actually never spent too much time in Haifa. Yeah, because, uh, like, most of the trips, uh, like, Haifa is a, like it's one of my favorite places um, because there's so many like like just being there for me was just a very peaceful, quiet place. You know, going to all this um, it has a setting of a village, some of Haifa, like Esophia, like where the yeah. the Druze are, um, and also just like the school, the university is like a melting mm -hmm. pot of like Israeli society. Yeah. You know, it's, you see everyone, every culture, right, yeah. every people, you know, and like the dance and like when they sing in Arabic and Hebrew, you know, like the like the coexistence is there. It's mm -hmm. beautiful to watch. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think also in Israeli society, just the standards for things are very different than they are here. Yeah. For one, the way people drive. Oh, uh, boy. Israeli <laughs> drivers are among... The worst. They are very defensive drivers. Uh, and also, speaking of walks, anywhere in is like the, the idea of going on a walk in Israel is probably far longer than your idea of a walk <laughs> yes, here. Because yeah, yeah. you walk a lot of places in Israel and it takes a long time to get. Yeah. yeah. But here it's like, if I'm walking somewhere, it's literally like a block ten, of ten, like ten blocks yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. pretty close generally. But that is true though, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, the culture is also very big on fitness. Yeah, it and is. And you go to the beach. Because it's so irregular, yeah, the terrain. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. To the terrain a lot. So yeah. At night. Yeah. Yeah, here, like, I mean, Wisconsin's kind of hilly, but it's a lot more flat. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get you, get what you mean. So, how do you feel like you know you're you're continuing to like um, innovate yourself in terms of your personal goals and like what you continue to hope to do? Like you know, not only through your work with Nagoya and City Year, but I guess like how do you continue to hope um, you know your experience here in Milwaukee to continue like finding that inner peace in yourself? Yeah, I think that's a tough question. Um, you know, peace. I, I think that's the goal for me in life. Is like really yeah. to be at a place of like, like you know, like wholesomeness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like just, um, and I think sometimes people focus a lot on like accomplishment and things, um, but for me, it's more about living the moment um, and and trying to make sure that I've done everything I could possibly do at that moment, in that mm -hmm. point in time. 
and um, and make the best of the opportunities that come to me. Um, mm -hmm. Also, the, the people you meet, uh, like you're not going to meet them all the time. Mm -hmm. I believe in the power of relationships with people. I think it's very powerful. That was into you sometimes how many people you want to see and never see them again how many yeah. strangers you've come across in your life that you're like wow like this might be the last time i'll see them for the rest of my I life i think about that all the time it's yeah. amazing right it is, like yeah. it's a powerful feeling to like for me this next few months i'm doing grad school now and focusing on that but also through um you know inwardly focus on fate but also people um you know, um, like, Ngoya is close to my heart. I'm really far away from them, but they are always in my mind, constantly thinking about what I can do and what I can do to help. But also realizing that sometimes there's not much you can do to help. Right. And to accept that reality, to yeah. not take it personal and just like, you know what? This is the reality right, right now. Right. Let me do what I can possibly do. Right, you're still an individual. You know? Yes, yeah, exactly. Right, and like, um, I always think about in the, in a similar vein, like where you're saying you like encounter so many people and strangers, and that might be like the one and only time you encounter them in this in this conscious reality. I think about how like I think about a point. I think about someone I know now, like someone that I know personally. And I think about like a time in my life that I was younger and like in a completely different place, like at a different time. And I think about, I wonder what that person was doing at this time. Like when I was like this, like when I was this young, when I was like at this point in my life, I wonder what that person was doing at that same time. Like they still existed. They were still on this yeah, earth. Yeah. But I wonder what they were like. I wonder like if we knew each other back then, like, you know, would we get along? Would we still be friends? Or like, I think about that a lot too. Like just the relativity yes. of life and of time and shit like that. But uh, something else I wanted to ask, and this is a bit of a, like a heavier question, but you've had a lot of experience with it um, just from your travels and your, you know, the advocacy work you've done how do you find yourself dealing with people that are acting out of hate? Hate. Uh, uh, for me, um, when you look at hate, is I think hate is a cry for help. Hate is a it's a voice that is hot that's going through a tough time that that feels that other people are responsible for it and they might, rightfully so other people might be responsible for it it's um, sometimes we have to empathize with those that hate us because you know like we've all been angry with someone at some point in time like we have gone through tough times that you would think that this person is responsible or that person is responsible and what the first thing I really that what has really helped me over the years is to first empathize with that person in the terms of like I wonder why they are what is really going on with them to a point like what is their story what is really really this pain that they're going through or because for you to express hate it's, it's a place you really care 
It's like you really care about something and that's been destroyed or been taken from you and you feel like you have no power but to do that. Um, and so one of the ways, um, it's hard to really have a conversation with somebody that hates you. Yeah. <laughs> it's difficult and stuff. But I think for me what I've done, most of the time, you can you can even have conversations. But I think it's more like to not take it personal. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of the hardest things to yes, do. Yes, to not take it personal. Just to like think that, you know what? I wish I know what they're going through and why they will do this. Yeah. And to kind of like put yourself in the shoes and say, remember the time you were also very mad or angry? And like think of like why? And yeah. you think of like maybe you had a misinformation, maybe it was a disinformation, maybe you got everything wrong, but you didn't know you were you, you vented your anger towards the wrong person. You have no idea. So sometimes we are really not too different from people that express hate. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's over time because now we've probably seen ourselves in like different lights. We are looking back and say, wow, like sometimes we reflect more on things. If you've done something like, oh my God, I should have done this this way before. I should have thought, thought about it even more, you know, before doing this. Um, and now you look back and say, you know what? To get to master our emotions, I think, to, I think that's one of the greatest. I, what I always tell myself is to make sure that my emotion does not become a master over me in a sense because mm -hmm. sometimes that's one of the things you realize like how can we help others to be at a place where they can better express what they want to express yeah I think because that's the, the main thing going on there I I totally agree like with how it is a cry for help because People act out of hate because, I mean, it, yeah, it's, a, it's out of fear, you know? It's out of something they perceive as a threat. Yes. Um, and kind of going, like, relating everything like you're saying, like, it's not about how you, it's not always, you're not in control of, like, you know, what happens in life. You're not, like, you're not in control of, like, you know, the trials you're put through or like what, you know, uh, obstacles you face throughout life, but what you are in control of how you respond to it. Yes. The emotion you choose to cope, to move forward with, and anger, which is the emotion of hate, anger is like the most easily accessible emotion. Yes. Um, and it's one that you find, you know, like you were saying, like you, it's also the one that's like very easy to empathize with too because it's so easily accessible and you yeah. understand that somebody, like if you do, you know, tr like you, if you do empathize with that person, you see that they are scared or they are, you know, they're upset because they fear something that's going to be taken away from them. You know, they perceive uh, their safety net being threatened. Um, and I think about in relation to, like, the whole world and all the violence that's being committed, you know, whether it's against groups of people, whether it's, you know, through history, 
you know, I think I think a lot about like you know why why did we allow this to happen? Why why did people why did governments or individuals or just you know people in general like feel this was a necessary course of action? Like this this violence was justified against another group of people, and like I always think about that, like how hate is hate is like you know it, it's what fuels so much violence yeah. in not only you know in our historical world but in our modern world too you know people are just a lot of the world is afraid yeah. um, and I know it's like a cliche thing to say but it's like we do need societally more love um, in the world to because like you know people are just people act out of what they're how they're taught to cope with their emotions or to cope with you know beliefs that don't align with their own or you know their own perceptions of the world and I think that the most powerful and most pure thing one can do is to accept somebody for who they are and despite their differences and to act out of love and to act out of compassion and to act out of humanity for another person despite how different one's background could be or because like our realities are all shaped by you know our perceptive experiences over like how we view the world to be mm-hmm. so I don't like to see people as inherently evil yeah. despite how shitty they might be doing things you know based on how I believe things, or despite how, you know, they might have done, like, shitty things in their lives, I don't see people as inherently evil. I see people that are, they are taught their evil way. I, I see that they're taught to act, you know, out of hate or in evil ways because of you know they, they because of something that they out of something that they fear or in turn something that you know they've been taught to hate um, I think like I believe in seeing like the good in everybody like you know despite if they you know despite if like they might harbor hateful feelings towards somebody or something, um, even if that, like, affects me personally. Like, I mean, for example, like, I'm Jewish. Like, there's a lot of anti-Semitism, not only throughout history, but in the current world today. And I don't believe that there's anti-Semitism because people are just born to hate Jews. Like, they don't just hate Jews because, like, they're born with that belief. They're taught to believe that. Um, and they're taught to fear Jews. And, I mean, I don't, I don't think that we're all that scary. I don't think that, uh, I think that we're, um, we're just like anybody else, you know? And we just want love and respect and to be seen and heard just like anybody else. And, um, and like, and that's like... I think that people just, you know, when they act out of hate, they're acting out of fear, and, like, I don't believe that people are just, they're not 
inherently evil because they're not born with those beliefs. They're just taught to by something. So, yeah. Um, I think I agree with what you're saying. It's you know, it's not innate. It's not something that you come to the world with. It's environment, experiences, society, people, everything. Mm -hmm. um, and also when you don't have the opportunity to verify what you've been told, or maybe you never really had a chance, or, to, or you never tried to do it. Um, yeah. Because I feel like the more you interact, that's why I think this is why multiculturalism is very important. But the more you spend time with a lot of people from different backgrounds and culture, you start realizing that we're actually all very, very similar. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, people always gravitate towards family, community, and like, we're all very sensitive. Uh, sensitive. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Like, hey, everybody wants to eat food too. Like, right. We love water. Right. <laughs> we all drink water. We love right? water, right? Um, yeah. I think there's so many things we have in common, and I think that's one of the things. People look so much on the differences and forget about what we have in common, and that's it. Because what we have in common is even far greater, and that's really the bond. You know, the differences we have, by tolerating and appreciating them, it kind of, it's what makes the world beautiful. Like, mm -hmm. you don't want five clones of you around. No. Right, Because right. we all think this, yeah. you're right. Yeah, like, exactly. you're gonna think the same thing. It's same. like, yeah. there's nothing special about yeah, it. There's wanna, nothing authentic. Same movement, same, they think like you and gonna do exactly what you wanna do and they know exactly what you wanna think about. Right. They wanna counter your move, they exactly know you wanna counter it, so right. they wanna counter it too. Part of the joy of life is yeah. is that difference in thought and the exactly. di that difference diversity in all right. its forms. Yes, like in every form, race, thought process, thinking, um, ideas, everything. It's just it's a beautiful thing to embrace the, the wholesomeness of the world, and the world in itself is diverse. It's all so beautiful to be here and um, and to actually meet different people with different ideas. Yeah. I said it was coming, the selfie video. <laughs> um, Panit, thank you for uh, sharing all your wonderful insights about um, the love in this world and how to deal with hate, the concept of home, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. Man. Yeah. This has been a beautiful time. Good. I'm glad. So Panit, tell me what keeps you up at night. Most of the time, thinking about grad school, family, and yeah. my community. Yep. Yeah. That'll keep you up. Yes. What, uh, what puts you to sleep, though? Oh, that I need to be strong and ready to do all the, all the yeah. things I'm thinking about. Yeah, right, right. Yes. Thank you for being on the show. It's a pleasure, man. Have a great time. Definitely. You're the man. Yes. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. It's a pleasure. We'll see you next time. Yeah, bye.